Miriam Smith. We established the Mothers Program to provide a reliable source of information about pregnancy on the internet with the goal to improve mothers' health through education, research, and screening. The Mothers Podcasts are an extension of that. Today, we're going to be discussing delayed or deferred umbilical cord clamping at the time of delivery. Our guest is my friend and colleague, Dr. Sarah McDonald. Dr. McDonald is a professor at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, where she's also the Canada Research Chair in Maternal and Child Disease Prevention and Intervention and a Maternal Fetal Medicine Specialist. Sarah, welcome and thank you for speaking with us. Thank you so much, Graham. I'm really delighted. So when we were residents, well, maybe at least when I was a resident, we would clamp the cord the moment the baby was delivered. Delayed cord clamping was thought to be important in the third world where there were concerns after afterwards for infants with iron deficiency. But our guidelines recommendation with regards to iron supplementation for newborns and infants, it was felt that there really wasn't any added benefit to delayed cord clamping. And in fact, there was concerns about neonatal jaundice. What has changed? It's changed because of high quality evidence from something called randomized controlled trials, the highest level of evidence we have that show benefits to term babies and especially preterm babies if we hold off clamping the cord for at least 60 seconds. The issue really revolves around the fact that the blood vessels in the lungs have very limited blood in them during development, but after delivery with the first few breaths, they fill up with blood that is otherwise in the placenta or the umbilical cord. That's right. When we hold off clamping the cord as the baby begins to breathe, the blood that now needs to go to the lungs can come from the placental circulation instead of other parts of the baby. Especially for preterm babies, that's really beneficial. So the placenta is not pumping blood into the baby. It's more a passive flow of blood in response to opening up of blood vessels. How much time is actually needed to delay clamping the cord to get the benefit? The largest benefit by far in preterm babies is seen when there's between 60 and 120 seconds of deferral, but even 30 seconds is better than immediate cord clamping. However, most of the studies looked at at least 60 seconds. In term babies, in high-quality studies, there's no significant benefit beyond 60 seconds. And in fact, there is shown to be an increase for phototherapy needing to treat jaundice if we delay beyond 60 seconds. What about babies born by cesarean section? The research studies also included babies born by cesarean section, and they benefit too. We, we had John Barrett uh, on the last episode talking about twins and multiple births. Is it something that should be done with those babies? That's a really good question. There's very little good quality evidence on deferred cord clamping in twins. In premature twins, there is some evidence of benefit, but there's no data in term twins suggesting benefit, and there's some potential concerns about increased risks of maternal bleeding with deferred cord clamping. In either term or preterm births, I would suggest not delaying the delivery of the second twin while you're doing the deferred cord clamping, but instead passing that baby to an assistant to hold for the 60 seconds. So you could certainly do that either with a vaginal delivery or with a cesarean section while you're waiting for baby B to come out, or if you're actively trying to deliver baby B, say by a breech extraction, uh, you can actually have delayed uh, clamping of the uh, cord for baby A until that uh, baby comes out. That's exactly right. So somebody else gets to cuddle baby A while I'm delivering baby B. Um, and there's usually lots of volunteers amongst the nursing staff who are keen because they understand the benefits of deferred cord clamping in general. 
So one of the things I've heard is that we should be keeping baby below the level of the placenta. So for instance, not putting the the baby up on mom's abdomen. Is, is that true? So the high quality studies that have looked at deferred cord clamping have noted that the baby was either at the level of the perineum or below in a vaginal birth or at the level of the maternal thighs or the, or the abdominal incision at a cesarean section. So they, that's where the evidence comes from, is from the highest quality studies. It doesn't mean it's wrong, for example, especially on a term baby, to put the baby up on mom's tummy at a vaginal birth. But we just don't know if the baby's getting the same degree of benefit as if the baby is at the level of the perineum. I think there are other benefits, and especially in term babies, cuddling with mom, I think, is a win. In premature babies, we know less about the degree of benefit up on mom's tummy. And sometimes with very tiny babies, the cord won't stretch far enough to put baby up. So I tend, especially in premature babies, whom there's a really big survival benefit, I tend to keep baby at the level of the perineum because that's where the good quality evidence suggests deferred cord clamping improves outcomes. So you identified premature babies. Um, What is the benefit to premature babies? It's a huge benefit. So by deferring cord clamping for 60 seconds, we increase survival by 30%, which is the same magnitude of improvement as when we give, for example, antenatal corticosteroids. But this only takes 60 seconds. So I call it the most important minute in my whole day. It, it, there's often benefit from having the people from the NICU there to kind of guide us in, you know, clamp the cord now or delay clamping just just to, you know, there, there's a couple of sets of eyes on this baby to make a decision on, you know, we got to move now or, or keep going. Yeah, I think one of the great things about deferred cord clamping is it allows what I call the two halves of the umbilical cord, the maternal uh, team and the and the baby team to talk more. Um, and to have even more interaction. And I think that can only improve outcomes for babies. But one of the things one of the neonatologists said to me was, Sarah, that baby wasn't breathing in utero, so don't panic. Just nicely, gently rub baby's back, allow baby to transition, let the baby um, have the benefits of deferred cord clamping. And especially on preterm babies, they say to me, push past 35 seconds. There's some magical that happens at 30 to 35 seconds. The baby's starting to, to have enough stimulation on gentle rubbing on the back, benefits of the blood going to the lungs, and then they start to cry. So I've learned um, not to panic and just to, to hold the course and push past 35 seconds. And then we often get to that sweet spot that we're aiming for of about 60 seconds of deferred cord clamping. So I, I recognize that there's a lower incidence of anemia or iron deficiency in infants who have delayed cord clamping. But are there other benefits apart from the survival you mentioned in the uh, premature babies? So in premature babies, there's less of a need for blood transfusion. There's thought to be less of a problem with brain bleeds in those babies. And in term babies, just as you said, there are benefits out to three months after birth with higher iron levels in those babies. From other studies, we know that if you have higher iron levels, that may improve brain development. Are there situations where we wouldn't or shouldn't do delayed core clamping? Yes, there are times when it's not safe to defer the clamping of the cord. So, for example, if the mother or the baby needs immediate resuscitation, or if the baby already has too much blood, so that's a medical condition called hydrops, it's very rare, uh, but that baby doesn't need additional blood. One of the more common ones is if the placenta has started to peel away from the wall of the uterus after the birth. 
And if it started to separate, then the baby's not getting the benefit of the deferred cord clamping or if mom is bleeding too much. So there are certain instances where it's best to clamp the cord. So what about for situations where parents want to do cord blood banking? Uh, Is there enough blood in the placenta left over uh, to do that if we've also delayed cord clamping? At term, usually, yes, there is. In very preterm infants, often not. But because we're increasing baby's survival by 30%, and that's key. So it's more important for the baby to get the blood immediately at the time of birth in those very preterm births. But at term, it's usually possible to do both cord blood banking and deferred cord clamping. Now, I've been saying delayed cord clamping, and you've been saying deferred cord clamping. What's the difference? Oh, they're the same thing. It's a good question. It's just an, it's a matter of what word. For me, um, delayed tends to suggest something was late. It wasn't done right. Whereas for me, deferred suggests we deliberately decided that this is the best thing for most babies. And so I like the word deferred. And in fact, I have a number of parents who we partner with. They like the word deferred better as well. Yeah, I haven't had that term before, but uh, I agree. It's it's interesting. Uh, any last thoughts for parents who are expecting a baby and are thinking about this or creating a birth plan that might include this? Yeah, I'd love it if they could include it in birth plans. And I would hope all parents would be encouraged by their care team to have deferred cord clamping, unless they have one of those really rare instances where we shouldn't do it. Um, so I think having a discussion with their care team about, you know, they're hoping for deferred cord clamping, that always makes me happy when I hear that. I'm delighted. I, they already know the benefits and we're all on the same page. Thank you, Sarah, for taking the time to join us to talk about delayed or deferred cord clamping. I want to thank our guest as well as Adelaide Burroughs, who helped in producing the podcast and for those behind the scenes. We'll put links to more information on this and other topics on our website, www.themothersprogram.ca. The Mother's Program is all one word. If you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for topics or people that we should interview, please use the contact section on our website. Until next time, be safe.